if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Last week we wrapped up our series on the parables. This week we are uh, jumping into a new series called Christophany. Jesus in the Old Testament. Now that seems strange. What is a Christophany? A Christophany is an appearance of Christ in the Old Testament. Now let me be clear here. We know that Christ, Jesus, is what we would what we would identify as the second person of the Trinity. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And that they have coexisted for all of eternity. So if that's true, and I believe that it to be true because it's how the Bible uh, uh, teaches us and points us in that direction, then that would mean that Jesus has eternally existed in time past and he will eternally exist in time's future. So it should not really be that surprising if we see the second person of the triune Godhead actively involved in things in the Old Testament. In fact, we should see those things. Now, what did he physically look like? That's the, probably the first question that comes to mind, right? Did he, did he look the same as Jesus uh, in the Old Testament? Well, my answer uh, would certainly be, it certainly would appear that way. The, but let me make one quick distinction. We call the Christophanes the pre-incarnate Christ. What, is, what in the world does that mean, pre-incarnate? The word uh, to, to incarnate is like to be, to be in the flesh. You know the word uh, carn, like if I'm being carnal, uh, what, uh, what does that mean? You know, uh, it means that I'm being in the flesh. If you're a carnivore, you eat flesh. If you like chili con carn, what does that mean? It means you like chili with meat. So the idea here is when we talk about the incarnate Christ, we're talking about the New Testament Jesus who came with flesh and blood. His body was subject to the pain and suffering of this world. That's the difference. Did he have a body in the Old Testament? Yes. But think of it more like his post-resurrection body. His post-resurrection body was physical, but it was no longer subject to what? The pain and suffering of this world. So when we see Jesus in the Old Testament, we should think of his body in the same way. It looks very similar. It looks very similar. In fact, throughout scriptures, the people in the Old Testament had a hard time determining between a, an angel and a man because they looked so similar. They couldn't tell the difference. The New Testament tells us that we have encountered angels in this world, even entertained them unwittingly or unaware that we were in the presence of angels who were protecting us because they just looked like everybody else. So the New Testament and the Old Testament give this idea that the physical nature is such that they're not subject to the pain and suffering of this world, but in appearance, you couldn't tell the difference. 
If you were looking at Jesus in the Old Testament, you would not know the difference between him and the next man standing next to him. Why? Because the, the body itself looks the same. However, his glorified body is not subject to the pain and suffering of the world. So that's the Jesus, the pre-incarnate Christ, that we're going to see. And many theologians agree that when God appears and is seen in the Old Testament, it is a Christophany, a Christophany. Now, throughout the, throughout the Bible, let me give you a couple of quick background verses to kind of give you the, give you the, uh, the overview. John 1.18, it declares this, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. What does that mean? It means the first person of the triune Godhead, God the Father, has not been seen physically. You cannot see him physically. In fact, there's another passage that says if you, do, if you were to see him physically, you wouldn't, you wouldn't live. You couldn't survive. Uh, so what does that mean? It means every time that someone did encounter a physical uh, uh, representation of God, uh, the, God in, in person, it would have to be what? The second person of the triune Godhead. It would have to be his representation. It would have to be the one who sent and was representing the Father. Now, how do we know this even in the New Testament? John 14, 9, Jesus was saying to Philip, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen what? The Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Jesus is saying, if you've seen me, you have seen the physical aspect of God. If you've seen me, you have seen the physical aspect of God. Colossians 1.15 tells us Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Now, what does all that mean? Well, we shouldn't be surprised to see Jesus, the second person of the triune Godhead, in the Old Testament. Especially if we believe John chapter 1, that he was in the beginning and that all things were made through him and by him, and without him nothing was made that was made. So Christians have historically understood that physical appearances of God in the Old Testament are none other than Jesus. Jonathan Edwards, I don't know if that name rings a bell to you or not, he was an American theologian many years ago. He was the third president of Princeton University and the catalyst for what has was become known as the first great awakening. And he wrote these words. When we read in sacred history what God did from time to time toward his church and people and how he revealed himself to them, we are to understand it especially of the second person of the Trinity. When we read of God appearing after the fall in some visible form, we are ordinarily, if not universally, to understand it of the second person of the Trinity. And that's from his book called History of the Work of Redemption. So, Jesus is and has always been the physical manifestation of the triune Godhead. 
Now, what is our purpose through this series? What's our goal? What do we want to accomplish? Because I want to be clear. Our goal is not just to walk out and with more knowledge, with more information. Why? Knowledge puffs up. If you walk out with just more information, knowledge has a tendency to make us prideful and heady, and, and it has a tendency to go uh, to think of ourselves as, hey, I know something you don't know. So instead, I would rather us approach it this way. I would rather us approach the idea uh, of Christophany, Christophanes, with the same approach that Jesus himself had and that the Apostle Paul had. We're going to be looking at five people in particular who encountered Jesus. That's going to be Adam. We're going to do that today. Next week will be Abraham, then Jacob, Joshua, and Isaiah. There's a whole host of more. I mean, a whole lot more. Think, think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There was a fourth person inside, that, inside the fiery furnace. Hmm, wonder who that one was. Um, so there's lots of them. But what, I want our goals to be the same. Listen to goal number one for this series, and this comes from Jesus. After Jesus' resurrection, in fact, this is the day of his resurrection. He's walking, and he sees a couple of people, and he starts walking with them. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? When I read that passage, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? What scriptures were they talking about? The Old Testament. And what did Jesus do? He explained himself in the Old Testament. And their hearts were just excited. When we see and understand Jesus in the Old Testament, it should do something in our hearts. It should not cause us to walk out prideful. It shouldn't walk us, cause us to walk out puffed up. But rather my prayer is that God would do something in our hearts. That when we walk out of here, we go, wow, God is big. God is big, and he is on a mission. And he has invited me to be a part of that mission, and, and he's doing something in my heart, just as he did on the hearts of these individuals that he encountered. But we have a second goal, and I model this one after the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul says this, Therefore, the law, what is that? He's talking about the Old Testament, more specifically the books of Moses, was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. So first, it's my hope and my prayer that through this series, our hearts would, would be burned with excitement. The second thing is that we would allow the Word of God to teach us and point us to Jesus. And if someone has not experienced the saving grace of God, that they would experience the gospel, life-transforming power of the gospel, even preached from the Old Testament.